Welcome to episode 21 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, a.k.a. That Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, a.k.a. Agent Relic on Twitter. And today, we have a, a Pizza Boy-centered episode. Pizza Which boy. is super random, now that I think about it, but I, I like it. Yeah, I don't even remember how this came up. The pizza thing. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> this is the mystery pizza, I guess, because like... I, I don't remember... We're like, there's two horror movies that have pizza delivery boys, and, well, one of them's yeah. a girl, but she's still, co- <laughs> there's a funny bit in the movie where she's like, I'm the pizza delivery boy, and then every single, she does it a, like a half dozen times, she's like, I'm the pizza delivery boy, yeah. wait, uh, the pizza delivery girl, <laughs> and she like corrects herself every single time, it's so funny. Yeah, it is funny. Oh. They, these are all pretty, like. Uh, funny movies in general they're like horror comedies all three of them yeah i would say and scare me less comedy than the other two for sure well i get i don't know it's funny but it's like it's it's different kind of yeah as i say it's different energy yeah it's definitely not like satanic panic funny but it's not as it's not as like goofy as the other two like like uh over the top you know with the way it does stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should introduce all three movies. So the three movies are Satanic Panic, the 2019 comedy horror film directed by Chelsea Stardust. That one is on Shudder. Yep. We're also doing Slice, which uh, stars Zazie Beats and Chance the Rapper. And that is on Showtime. And Yeah, Showtime. We're yeah, also- as soon as you told me that Chance was in there, I was like, holy shit, I gotta see this. Yes, and then the, <laughs> the third one is Scare Me, which is directed by Josh Rubin and is on Shudder. So, yeah, all three of these are very easily accessible by streaming services. Yeah, and you know I got, I remember, AMC Plus via via uh, Amazon Prime. You can get, get all the Shudder stuff. That's how I watched all this was on my Prime app because I just got all the channels on there. That's I like that. It's clutch. I just use Apple TV. One day so. they're going to give me money for saying that. They haven't yet, but one day. Yeah, I just use <laughs> Apple TV, so it's all through one app. No, they too, won't. <laughs> my, see, my TV's junk. That's neither here nor there. Fuck, we're, we, they didn't come here to listen to me talk about my TV. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hear about your 1920 smart TV. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I paid way too much for this bitch for, by, by, to not be able to like aircast to it or whatever, airplay ain't, to ain't it. Ain't that crazy? Because like when 4K TVs came out, they were like $1,000 and like people paid it. Yeah. Like, my parents i paid it yeah i say my parents paid it and like now those tvs are like three four hundred bucks <laughs> yeah dude like this you can get a, a like it's like a 55 or a 60 inch i forget and you get one of these tvs for like 500 dollars now man and i pay like 1200 oh, dollars. i just bought a 55 4k for like 250 i think <laughs> man don't don't tell me that let's talk about the movies <laughs> and yours airplays too it's <laughs> fucked me right <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I guess we will start with Satanic Panic. Yeah. Um, this was super random. I've scrolled past this before on, on Shudder slash AMC Plus, and like, it's always looked interesting, and I just I don't even think I ever added it to the list. I was like, oh, that looks cool. Maybe I'll watch it one day, and then I just never did, and you brought it up for this, and I was like, perfect. Well, so originally the episode was just Slice and Scare Me, and we thought that maybe Slice and Scare Me don't really fit together all that well because tonally they're very different but uh right and i was just randomly scrolling shutter and i saw this and it said uh a pizza delivery girl goes to the suburbs and gets involved with the satanic ritual i was like wait this sounds like it fit 
and now we're like, ah, you know what? We'll just do all three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Scare Me, I, like, the, the Pizza Boy aspect doesn't come in until, like, what, the last 30 minutes, probably? Uh, yeah. 30, 40 minutes? Yeah. And it's it's only like and, a fifteen minute section too. So yeah, exactly. He's not even he's not even like a key plot point really. No. Uh, so it's like it it kind of that aspect too. Like we kind of we wanted to make sure we had a couple that were like centered around pizza delivery people. You know. Yeah. But Satanic Panic was I thought it was really funny. Yeah, me too. Definitely. So when I saw it, like I just blind watched it, and I did not know it was a comedy. And I so it, that kind of caught me off guard when I watched it, but it's definitely super funny. And oh. yeah, as we're going through the the, the kind of the beats here, we'll we'll probably get to this, but it definitely will be in my uh, most creative uh, weapon oh. uh, award category. <laughs> I, I know what you're because talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, there is a there's a weapon in this that's they they dub it. They call it the Kildo, <laughs> and it's like. A giant dildo power drill, and it kills two people, really. <laughs> but it goes through one person, and it's pretty epic. Like, that's definitely going in the awards uh, category. <laughs> yeah, well, m- my favorite weapon in the movie is actually uh, a can of soda that <laughs> ends up killing <laughs> a kid that someone is babysitting. And that was hilarious, too, because <laughs> I was crazy. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Maybe the can of soda gets put in there, too. <laughs> She's like, Satanic Panic, the only movie to get two nominated for two things in one category. Because yeah. <laughs> she goes in and she's like, you did not give him that can of soda. He's allergic or something. I don't even remember what it was. And the kid falls face first, bro. <laughs> Smacks the floor. You hear him hit with a thud. <laughs> All right. But uh, I guess we can go into the plot of uh, what Satanic Panic is. It is about this girl. She's probably, what would you say, like 20s? Maybe like fresh out of high school? Maybe in high school? I don't it, I don't know if it ever says how old she is exactly, but I would assume she's like, I would say she's out of high school probably. And yeah. maybe didn't go to college or dropped out of college or, or like did like two years and left. I don't know, something like that. Because she seems like she's in a... A tight spot, kind of. She needs money. She's kind of stuck back at home or whatever, and so she gets the job delivering pizzas. Yeah, and she—I mean, she's doing her like first day, and she is not getting any tips whatsoever. So she's like starting to be like, "Hey, I want the better jobs," because like, <laughs> it, I guess, and you never even think about this when you order a pizza, but like certain neighborhoods are known for tipping, so they're like, "Eh, you know what." This one, I'll take this one, and then you take that one. Like they kind of demoted her to the crappy ones that don't tip. <laughs> right. They gave her the the neighborhood, the route that has like the least tippers, you know. So she kind of got the shaft on her very first day. Yeah, but uh, she gets one last delivery, and it's to this Richie neighborhood. Yeah, called Mill Basin. Yeah. It's like where all these rich people live, and. It's kind of like it's the the one uh, her coworker tells her that the last time he went there, somebody shut the door in his face. Like he, they don't tip, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say they. She's told that they don't tip, so she's like already angry going into it. And actually, one of the other delivery boys tells her, uh, "You go, t- you go to Mill Basin, a delivery boy, but you come back a delivery man." <laughs> and I was <laughs> cracking up at that. It's, it's like it's so cliche, but it's. 
But, yeah, there's a funny story he tells her. Should we save that? Let yeah, them hear I mean, that you can experience the... The, the, the story of why he said that, but this this place yeah. has, like, a, a history with this pizza joint, I guess you'd say. Yeah, but she she, she drives her little moped uh, to the... Yeah, I was curious about this. Is Because they all... Don't they all drive a moped? Is that hers, or did the pizza place give her this moped? Because that's a cushy pizza job if they're just, like, cooking you up with a moped. Nah, I think it's hers. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe it is. Because you would think if it was... It comes into play later that... Okay, so let's just go with the plot, and we'll go back to the moped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so she, she delivers the pizza, and the guy answers the door, and, like, it, there's a party going on. Uh... And he just slaps the door on her on her face and just doesn't give her a tip. So she goes back to say, "Hey, you didn't tip me." And he, I don't think he answers right at that point. Nah, she no, she knocks on the door and is like trying to yell through it, and he just doesn't come to the door. Yeah. And so she finally is just like, "Fuck it, I'll hop back on my scooter and dip." Yeah. And it won't start. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, ran out of gas, and that's what makes me yep. think it's hers because if it was a company one, they would have supplied her gas. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Although, really, shouldn't delivery people be given free gas anyway? They, I feel like they should be paid at least like for some gas. You know, yeah. Like you should be paid. You should have like a gas allotment on your added to your check. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works in the pizza delivery business. Because like the pizza, the well, the the one place that delivers around here, they have a vehicle that they just fuel up themselves, and then the, the pizza delivery guy uses the one vehicle to deliver. Yeah, that but seems... I don't know. Some everywhere probably does it different. Also, that's harder in the bigger city, you know. Yeah, so for you... sure. Yeah, because like this place that this uh, that Sam works at is in the city, so like they deliver a lot of places. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, if, if you've ever watched Courage the Cowardly Dog and like seen where his house is, imagine that, but surrounded by a forest. <laughs> 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 he's, he's in the woodland courage to cover the doghouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah the woodland middle of nowhere <laughs> um but yeah so her moped won't start so she has to pretty much go back inside and demand the tip so she can get gas yeah and she because she the the in the pizza boy the other pizza boy story he tells her that yo i just like climbed through the window to get a tip because fuck it and so she's like you know what i'm gonna do that too and she goes around the side of the house and Climbs through the window <laughs> and is in this giant mansion, <laughs> just walking around. And she hears like people chanting or something from the other room, somebody talking. And so she kind of like is walking towards the voice and she walks into a room just full of like rich people dressed really nice and shit, listening to like this. There's a character named Danica Ross who's like the ringleader of this cult, basically. And she's given a speech to like hype the cult up before they before they summon Baphomet. <laughs> I I didn't know that like I I feel like this probably happens though. I didn't think about this, but I feel like during real cult rituals, they probably get themselves hyped up beforehand. You know, it's like a locker room speech. Like they're getting them like ready for the big game. You know, but the big game is like summoning a demon. <laughs> the big game is like summoning a demon. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so she, she's like in the middle of these people and stuff, and she's talking to uh, Kim, this lady who's standing next to her, and she says like, hey, I, 
I just wanted to find the guy with the mustache. I, he didn't tip me. And she's like, who are you? You can't be in here. Why are you here? You need to leave right now. And she whispers it to her so nobody else hears or whatever. Well, Samantha insists like, hey, no, I didn't get my tip. I just need to find this one guy. And so then, she, you know, obviously everybody starts looking at her because it's becoming a scene. And so Danica's uh, approaches Sam and she's talking to her, asking her who she is, why she's there and stuff. She explains and... So there's the who's the funny lady? What's her name? Judy? I the the gypsy? I think she's just called Gypsy. <laughs> is it no, in, she's Judy. In I the credits, she she's called Gypsy. Is she? Yeah, Gypsy Newmer. Oh yeah, she is. Okay. So her name's Gypsy. I thought they were calling <laughs> There is a character named Judy, but she's different. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought they were just calling her Gypsy because she's a Gypsy, but that's literally her fucking name. Well, I mean, it also just could be a title, like, she is a Gypsy. Yeah, so maybe that, her yeah. last name is Newmeyer and she's a Gypsy, Yeah, so they just call her it, Gypsy Newmeyer. It could Neumeier. be what you're saying. Yeah, but the, she's definitely the best character in the whole movie, I think, and her- Oh, she's hilarious. Uh, she's played by Arden Mirren, who is in a bunch of stuff, but uh, she- overall throughout this movie like all the performances are like super kind of over the top but they work really really well <laughs> yeah it like fits the tone of the movie the over the topness of it yeah but she definitely in my opinion steals the show anytime she's on the screen she's just hilarious yeah there's not a time she was on there where i didn't laugh you know yeah but yeah she says look like what are we gonna do since my husband fucked up and we thought our sacrifice was a virgin and she wasn't so what are we gonna do and that that discussion was happening right before samantha got kind of spotted by everybody and then one of the first things danica asked her is, who are you i'm the pizza guy a girl are he by any chance a virgin that's a very personal question she's a virgin <laughs> yeah so they like kidnap her and throw her in like a room with uh, with the guy from Scream Two, with Sydney's boyfriend, <laughs> with the guy from Scream Two, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're like locked in a room together. He fucked up too, so like he's yeah, in the shit. yeah. Her husband's like in there, and he he fucked up. So yeah, they're locked in there together, and he's kind of like giving up. It looks like <laughs> when yeah. Sam shows up, he's just sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah, so he's just sitting there watching TV, and he's like, I don't care really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then he finds out, like, he kind of deduces why she was kidnapped by them, and, and uh, he tries to uh, save her by forcing himself on her, and it ends up in a confrontation that he <laughs> ends up accidentally shooting himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got it better than he did in Scream 2, though, you know? Yeah. For a guy who's died twice, I think this was the easier of his deaths. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, after that, like, uh, Sam escapes, and I guess I, I don't really want to go much more with the plot, because I think there is some crazy stuff that happens that I don't want to spoil, but essentially now yeah, she's trying to escape. the shock factor of this is, yeah. like, part of it, you know? Yeah, so she's trying to escape this cult, and she ends up at, like, the neighbor's house, who has a, there's, like, a babysitter, because uh right like the parents are at the ritual right is that why she's babysitting yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah 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 so she ends up like at a 
in like meeting a new friend essentially that helper and and yeah and that's where the soda can thing goes down that we were talking about earlier yeah and, and the kildo and all that stuff but uh yeah yeah it's a wild movie and then like the witches chase her I guess you'd say yeah, what? Uh, yeah. They're all like chasing her all over the neighborhood, trying to track her down because they need her for the ritual, and they only have until sunrise to make this happen. So it's like the whole movie takes place over the course of one night. Yeah, and this is also like another zany part of the movie. They get like a brain out of their freezer, and like somehow make it chase and like track Sam. Oh no! It's the husband's heart. She she cut his oh, heart. That's out. right. Yeah, she rips his and, heart out. They they cook it in the oven, like with some kind of spices and shit. And when she pulls it out, that thing is like looks like a Thanksgiving turkey. It's massive and it's like pulsating. It has like a pulse. It's like alive and it looks so sick. Yeah, but she <laughs> and she like sends it after the 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 girl. Yeah, so like the heart like is like flying around and like inhabits a bed sheet and like the bed sheet is trying to. It, it's really well done, I thought, and like super over the top and. Yeah, they call the creature a Haxen cloak, is the name of it. Yeah. That's some crazy demon shit, I'm sure, but I, that's what they call it. Maybe made up for this movie, too, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably is. Yeah, I doubt they pulled out, like, the, you know, the rights of Satan or whatever and <laughs> yeah, but it's, read through it before they made this. It's interesting, because, like, at a certain point, she's, like, she's, like, trying to run from the witches, but then at a certain point, she's, like, I want to get revenge on these people for being <laughs> crazy you know so like yeah she she stops trying to run and like fights back you know yeah yeah and a lot more like it sounds crazy already i'm sure but it gets even crazier like it's super zany and over the top from start to finish which actually works for it i think really well yeah yeah the i i will say if i had to critique it yep we both have the same uh, critique <laughs> do it it's a little it's a little all over the place like it oh no not that critique it kind of <laughs> It kind of, yeah, it kind of dumps, like, jumps around uh, a little bit, I would say. But that's okay. I think it 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 manages it. But the ending, I think, yeah. is is the main critique. Uh, it feels like a little a little directionless, you know, like yeah. they just put something together. Yeah, it almost feels like like they improved a lot of the movie and then just like threw the end ending together because they were yeah. like like. Because it almost does, it's probably not improv at all, but like just, because like everything's a, a one-liner, you know, or like a joke. Like when the, yeah. the the coven is on the screen, or like the witches, and they're like, well, are they witches? Are they, yeah, they're witches, right? I don't know, like a satanic cult, for yeah. sure. Satanic cult. But uh, yeah, anytime they're on the screen, they're like bickering back and forth on how to get her, and like, it's like... <laughs> they're clearly incompetent at trying to capture somebody <laughs> so so they're like because they're like rich white ladies so like they you know they're little... yeah i liked that like it's kind of like a the eat the rich kind of thing you yeah know? yeah and they're all kind <laughs> like of they, they touched on that ditzy and dumb a little bit yeah and it's it were and they, they like they have like inner trauma or like drama like Oh, I want to be the leader. Oh, I want to be the leader. Oh, you know, you should listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> you know, they yeah, all... exactly. They bring up something that happened in the past between them or whatever, like some kind of typical, like, dark suburban secret or something yeah. <laughs> that happened between them, something messy. <laughs> yeah, you could. So it definitely has that to it, too. Yeah, you could... there's a lot of drama that happens within this group. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
but i think it's overall a fun watch like he, yeah. if you go into this like you know expecting just the right thing i think if you set your expectations properly you have a good time you know yeah yeah i thought the the music was pretty good too and the the like practical effects and there is a little bit of cgi i think too but like a lot of like the like the the hacks and cloak thing we were talking about with the brain looks cool yeah yeah it looks really good and there's there's one part where a person like has their intestines pulled out through their mouth and it looks pretty pretty fucking gnarly yeah it, it, <laughs> it, it is a bit gory yeah yeah it's like oh in an over-the-top way like everything else i would say yeah definitely but yeah i think this is a you could have fun with this this all three of these movies really are like you know if you're sitting around with some friends and you got some party favors or some drinks or you're just hanging out you know these are good like kind of light-hearted movies that you can kind of have fun with you know yeah and i guess the uh the title satanic panic is like a a callback to like satanic cults that like the the panic of the satanic cult stuffs in like the 70s i think yeah there was that whole like satanic uh shock thing there for a while or like in the late 70s early 80s i think there was like everybody was like freaked out by the satanic they like there were significantly less satanic cults than they thought there were <laughs> but they were like over like a knee-jerk reaction scared of all these satanic cults like killing them i guess yeah <laughs> And there was a ton of movies back then, too, in the 70s about, like, satanic cults and, like, Brotherhood of Satan and stuff like that. You know, that's like some family gets trapped by a satanic cult and sacrificed to the devil. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that added fuel to the fire. For sure. You can watch this on Shudder, uh, like we mentioned before, or AMC+. Plus. Yep. And if you go on with the right mindset, I think you can have, have a good time. Yeah, definitely uh, very enjoyable little uh, horror comedy yeah for sure as a slice our next feature yes and this one i mean the the selling point is chance the rapper stars I, yeah it's a little misleading i will say that because he is in the movie but he does not show up until 40 minutes in yeah like halfway through the movie he comes into it yeah i mean he is like in the movie though like he acts and he is like a crucial character yeah, too yeah, for sure like the last half of it he's like a crucial character but definitely uh and zazie beats too was probably a draw for a lot of people yeah zazie beats is great too in everything i've seen her in she's great uh that yeah like her attitude in this she like really kills it with the like attitude she she portrays this character with yeah it's got like a punk a punk vibe to her she's like a rubber yeah for <laughs> sure yeah this this whole like perfect pizza is the restaurant they all work at that whole like group of employees kind of feels like a weird dysfunctional little family <laughs> yeah but yeah it's a slice is a 2018 uh horror comedy uh slash fantasy movie because there's other shit in it too uh yeah directed by austin vaselli sorry if i said that wrong austin if you're listening to this and it's like we said, starting the chance the rapper and Zazie beats. Uh, I was gonna say there's like a really good cast all around. It's not just those two either, because like Paul Shears in it, uh, Joe Keery's in it, Hannibal Burris. You know, there's that's a right, lot of- yeah, yeah, Hannibal Burris, yeah, and and Chris Parnell, the mayor. He's he's uh in some stuff. He's pretty funny. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good cast to this. 
essentially the plot of this one is there's a guy named Sean Hammerschmidt that at the beginning of the movie has his throat slit while delivering a pizza. Uh, yeah. And that scene is super, cause like he's delivering the pizza and, uh, I forget. Does he, he hasn't delivered it yet. So he like ring, rang the doorbell and then he gets his throat. Yeah. Slit. He rang the doorbell. And then the guy is like coming to answer it. He's like, cause I guess the pizza person's late. I'm guessing or something. Cause he's like angry with them. But he answers the door, right, like, getting yeah. ready to yell at him, and like get his pizza, and he sees him. He dead. sees it. Yeah. So he's like, ah, and then he gets killed too. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, he he doesn't get killed too. The oh, guys no. are the killer's already gone. But when he, what happens is he like, as he screams, his eyes bulge out of his head like an animation, like a really cool animation, oh, right, and it yeah. goes, it spins and goes into this like really sick intro sequence that's yep. like, I actually super eighties like. Yeah, I had this on the, my notes too. Is the intro sequence is very cool, and I liked how they transitioned from the the scene to it. Yeah, for sure, with the guy's eyes, that was super cool and creative, and and the intro sequence has some sick like synth music playing. Um, uh, which kind of plays. There's a lot of good synth music like throughout this movie. Uh, the music was done by Ludwig Göransson, who any chi- uh any childish Gambino fans will know him because he produced a lot of his stuff so, oh okay yeah and he's also okay. did the score for a lot of like creed creed 2 fruit real station black panther okay yeah he's pretty well known mandalorian really i have a black panther uh to to uh to vinyl album maybe we'll, maybe we'll give that away in the discord one day it's never even been opened why would you brand new give it away <laughs> well because that'd be something people somebody else would appreciate that more than me nick you know i'm not a, a marvel I, I, guy i would appreciate that that's a great album <laughs> <laughs> i can't rig it and give it to you though <laughs> <laughs> that's a great album even if you don't like the movie <laughs> that's nice it's the thick like uh, i don't care what, what the grain is i haven't fucked with records in, in a minute but it's it's like thick grain records it's real nice yeah. join our discord link in the description Maybe you'll win the Black Panther uh, 2 LP set. Or maybe I'll rig it and give it to Mick. <laughs> Either um, way, you should join the Discord. Uh, <laughs> so after the opening title sequence, it switches to like the city hall and the mayor is giving a speech. And he's pretty much saying it's like a freak murder and it is not a ghost. Because apparently this, this town has a history with like werewolves and ghosts and all kinds of crazy supernatural shit. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, if you see the, he's like, he's like, it is not a ghost or, or it was not a werewolf that killed him or is not a ghost. But if you uh, talk to the body of Sean Hammerschmidt, let me know. <laughs> 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 so he's like, it, it, he, he like plants to see that it is like possibly a ghost, but yeah. he, he denies it. <laughs> Cause obviously he's the mayor. Yeah. He can't, you know. And there's these like crazy ladies in there the whole time shouting, that it's a ghost, you know? Yeah. It's kind of Coming back to, to seek vengeance. Yeah. yeah. Like conspiracy theory <laughs> nuts. But, uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then it cuts to, uh, Zazie Beats, who is, uh, Sam's, or Sean's ex-girlfriend, right? Yeah, Sean's ex-girlfriend. Oh. And she's, like, sitting at, she's sitting at the, um, at the diner that she works at. And listening to Hannibal Buress and his wife. Uh, but uh, so she sees on the TV about the murder, and she 
immediately goes home and she like gets her old pizza uh perfect pizza place jacket and she like goes in and is like i'm working again because she like wants to get to the bottom of it be and right because the killer is only tracking pizza delivery people she is gonna deliver pizzas again right yeah and so yeah, i and guess she that's... like jumps up and runs out of the diner then so you know she like was close with sean and she like it's really important to her you know to go and do this yeah, and I, I guess that just, like, trails off to the end of the movie is, like, the mystery of who is killing the pizza delivery men and, like, what it has to do with the perfect pizza place because, like, the... There was, like, a Chinese restaurant there at some point, and I guess that, that yeah. was... They, they had issues with the same thing with them being killed, so killed off, like, the Chinese delivery drivers being killed off. Right. Yeah, and the so the reporter found all that out. She like searched it up and was like researching it and found like all the articles about the murdered Chinese delivery uh people and that it was in the same location and everything and so she like put two and two together, you know? Yeah. So so like the rest of the movie is them figuring out and uh the number one sus- suspect is a werewolf and former delivery man who worked for the um Chinese restaurant. The Chinese restaurant. Uh Dax Lacander and he is played by Chance the Rapper. That's how he plays comes into it. But uh he's like a biker and has like a really cool vibe to him. Yes. Yeah, for and sure. That, yeah. Really mysterious vibe, especially the first half. Because you see him, but you don't know it's it's him. I mean you do, but they don't, you know? Yeah. And then like so like essentially he's trying to clear his name because he's like, I did not kill those people. <laughs> so yeah. he's trying to clear yeah, exactly. his name and I guess teams up with uh Astrid. Was it Sazie Beats character? Yeah, and and uh, there's two detectives. Kind of a side plot that happens throughout the movie is these two detectives who are investigating the murders and stuff. And one of them's kind of like a super dick. Like I hate that guy so much. The one that was like a smartass every time the other one spoke. Yeah. Uh, and then the other partner who is actually like a a good cop is treated super incompetent by this other detective, right? And they kind of have a, a, a dramatic like interaction every time you see them. Something happens between them and stuff. And you see, too, that the crazy ladies are now holding a protest <laughs> in front of the pizza place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to have the whole place torn down. And, like, there's, all, there's like, like, so many side plots in this movie. Like, the crazy ladies, the detectives, the uh, Chance the Rapper's kind of a side story until he comes into it, you know? Yeah. And there's, like, a ghost subplot and a the werewolf thing and the there's a lot of uh, side plots and like really the plot's kind of loose it's just like a mystery i guess and they're like all trying to figure it out and what what's going on yeah. and like a lot of crazy shit happens and i don't know i think it's fun it's super over the top kind of kind of like satanic panic is yeah and it's like under an hour and 20 minutes i think even like it's really short and to the point and quick and things happen and it just i don't know i thought i thought it was a it's a decent watch too yeah, for sure. Moves along pretty quick. Yeah, and I think it... And the, the music. Music's really good. Yeah. It's like all synth, like you said, the, the guy who made it. Name him again for people who... Uh, Ludwig... I forgot, like me. Ludwig Gornson. Ludwig Gornson, yeah. It's like this... It's like this spooky synth music, but it's still upbeat while it's spooky, which is really kind of fresh sounding and like... But, but the synth also gives it a, a nostalgic sound, too, so it's kind of 
simultaneously feels new and old. Yeah, and visually, too, it has, like, a very, like... I don't know how to describe it, like, a, a drive-esque atmosphere. Yeah, like, it's got a really, like... It's, like, really... Kind of neon-noir yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, neo-noir. Like, okay, look. that's a good description, I guess. I was say, because it's, like, really colorful, but it's also, like, very gritty. Yeah. It's, like... Yeah, it's got great lighting. They use a lot of colored lights and and like the way the shots are framed, the lighting really looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think an overall good watch that goes a lot of places, you know? And I didn't know what was I didn't figure it out till the till they showed the twist. I think it has a decent twist. For especially for the kind of movie it is, you know? Yeah. For a horror comedy. And if you especially if you're a fan of, you know, Chancer's Easy Beats then or, or like we named any of those other actors who are in it, the the supporting roles that are really good too. Uh, I think overall it's a fun time. It, if it's a good double feature too, with Satanic Panic, I think you could back to back these and it would it would work. It would work, yeah. And uh, Paul Shear is like the manager of the pizza place, and I thought he was the best. Besides Az Beats, like he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, as like the yeah, he's funny because like he just wants to deliver pizzas and like <laughs> you know he can't yeah. do it because his people are getting killed and then no one wants. Yeah, he to just work wants to run him. his restaurant. Yeah, he's like just wants <laughs> to run his restaurant and he can't <laughs> because he, you know. But uh, yeah, I think it's a solid watch. Uh, it is on uh show Showtime. Yeah, Showtime, which, which you can get standalone or via Prime Video. Or via... Which is how I have it. You can also get it uh, through Hulu as well, as a Hulu app. Oh, okay. Yeah. As a Hulu channel, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, th- that, could, I don't know. There's too many, like, add-ons, and, you know, you can bundle this with that, and this and that. And yeah. It's, man, it's, it's getting too... That's why I've tried to do all of it through Amazon, because it makes it easier to just go to one app. And have all of them there, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd link everything to Apple. So, like, I could just use Apple yeah. TV, like I said. So, like, it is all in one spot. It's just, it, like, payment-wise, it's confusing. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, you're paying is, for this for sure. and this and this. But you're paying for this through this. And <laughs> I want to can't. And I'll tell you what. There's not a single streaming service that doesn't make it damn near impossible for you to cancel your subscription. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go around the world on the internet to cancel a subscription to, like, most of this stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, are you sure you want to leave? Are you sure? And then, like, they'll flip the yes and no from the normal spots. Like, it would be on the... Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's like trying to trick you to stay because it's like... I had to literally hassle. Google how to how to unsubscribe from HBO Max. <laughs> and, like, because the way I had done it was, like, through Prime and stuff, and I didn't know how to remove one of those. Like, I... And so I had to, like, Google it, and it took me, you know through a, an internet maze i'm i'm sure i went through the dark web and <laughs> a satanic cult site and all kind of shit to finally remove it but but uh so you uh i know one service you will not cancel and that will be shutter or i guess because you yeah. have amc plus but uh um that leads us to our next movie which is on shutter and amc plus scare me this is a, a 2020 american it is considered a comedy horror film because i don't think it's that funny <laughs> which See, I, 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 I laughed a lot I, like i don't think maybe I don't think it was a negative that it wasn't funny it, yeah i mean if you didn't it, do it in a negative it, light then maybe it's not a criticism but I it's it not funny. like it's not funny but it's not funny in the same way as the other two i guess i'd say it's definitely like, not yeah yeah, so the movie uh, is directed by Josh Rubin, as you said, and it also stars Josh Rubin. 
as Fred Banks, and he's like a writer because he's like yeah. He tells the 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 Uber driver that because the the movie opens with him in like an Uber, and he yeah. tells her that he's like he works for an ad agency, but he's a, he's also a writer. So I think he's trying to go out to this cabin and have a little, you know, a little writer's escape. Yeah, and the the chick, the cab or the driver, her name is uh, Betna, and she's played by. Rebecca Drysdale and she's hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, yes. Like the second she finds out that he's a writer, she like wants to talk to her him about her pitches and like what she like she wants to be in the industry too, you know? So like she's trying to, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's she's like one of the the best characters in it. There's only a few characters in it, but she stands out even though she has a fraction of the screen time as everyone else. Because her scenes are just there's only so funny. Four characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it is just the four, right? Yeah, I think the so. The driver and the three people at the house. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, but she's only in it brief, like maybe f- uh, like five minutes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Total. exactly. But uh, yeah, she's definitely funny. And she's like, she t- she takes him to the front door and she's like, I'll make sure that you get inside. Because she like still wants to talk to him. Because he's like, yeah, she like follows him <laughs> she's like, to the door. I- I'll make sure you get inside. And then like he opens it and she's like, you good? You get like she's like trying to stay as long as she can. <laughs> yeah. To define her character when they were in the car, she said, all right, well, I know you're tired from the flight, so go ahead and get a nap. And he lays his head down and he goes, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And she goes, yeah, I write a little bit, too. Uh, and he goes, oh, you do? And you can tell he's annoyed. And she goes, yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Uh, and then she got she like starts telling about what she's writing and shit. And, like you can tell he just like hates it. He does not want to be spoken to, and this 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 lady will not shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he uh he gets to the cabin, and like the first night, it's like storming. I think right. Well, it's just dark at that night, and he hears like I say he hears something. He hears something in the basement, and he's like half making it up in his head, and half he actually heard something. So then he made up a story to go with it, you know, and. He goes to the basement door. This was funny. He opens the basement door, shines a flashlight down it, goes, nope, and then shuts the door back. (laughs) (laughs) And you never, the basement's never mentioned again. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so he goes to bed and he wakes up the next day and he goes for, like, a a run. And this is when he meets Fanny, uh, who is played by Aya Cash, and she is also excellent in everything I've seen her in. Uh, She's a... yeah. She's probably my favorite in this movie, yeah. even over the the driver. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and she's excellent. And you're the worst. That's a great show. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. And really, the performance is all around. Like this movie does not work without the performances. Like there. Yeah, it needs these good performances to carry. Which it. we'll explain why in a minute. But so she is a writer too, and she wrote this book called Venus, which is like a. Uh, it's like a, he said it's a bestseller. I don't know if that means like New yeah. York Times bestseller. Because like he, she, she's like, what, uh, she's asking him, what have you written? Anything that I know? And he goes, eh, not really. And then he like asks her the same thing. And she's like, ah, eh, you know, I just wrote this thing called Venus or whatever. He's like, wait, that's a new, you know, a bestseller. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you wrote Venus, the bestseller. And like, so he's already feels like a little inferior. Like she's a professional at this craft, you know? And he's like, an amateur. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of has like a... a sn- they, they really don't have a good chemistry together. So I don't know no, why. No, they they, they kind of don't like each other. Yeah, but but for some <laughs> reason, she goes... 
But like they go their separate ways after the run. Like she goes to her cabin or whatever, and he goes back, and then she just shows up later. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah, the power goes out. The power goes out, and so she like comes over to his cabin to like see if his power went out too. <laughs> yeah, and then she just decides to stay. You know, and they're just yeah. She's like, well, the power's out. We might as well hang out. You know, spend some time together. <laughs> Yeah, and then they just, you know, they're talking about, you know, their writing and, you know, how how their processes and things. And I get the best way to explain this movie is. Cheers. Cheers. What's your idea? Scare me. Wait, like. You scare me, I'll scare you. What? Power outage. I'm bored. You're a scaredy cat. Unfair. Let's tell each other scary stories. I don't know any scary stories. Well, you don't know any scary stories? You get to make them up because you are a writer. It's really a movie about writing. Yeah, so she she tells him, like, hey, you know, what do you want to write or whatever? And, like, he has this idea for the story with this werewolf and like a revenge story because like the werewolf yeah the, the, it, the kids parents get killed by the it, werewolf like a generic ass yeah, werewolf it's movie. like the most generic <laughs> thing you've ever heard and she's like well you know t- tell me it so like tell me the story and he's telling her the scary story and it, it starts off just with him telling the story but it slowly morphs into like they'll have sound effects and visual effects with it and yeah and it's almost like a it reminded me of like a like a play almost because it mixes until the special effects come in it's like them acting it out right as they're like it's almost like they're on a stage because there's no like set or anything it's just them doing it in this house but then they mix the effects with it like you said like where he sticks his hand around the corner once and it's like a a werewolf's hand and it like obviously isn't actually werewolf's hand but it like looks really sick how they add the noises and the yeah, the, the effects with it. That's the other thing I'll say. The sound design is great. Because, like, it'll be like, you know, we're, oh, we're in a creaky house. And then there'll be, like, creaky noises. So it's like you're hearing the story. Like, you could close your eyes and it's like an audiobook almost. Like, yeah. And just, like, the visual. I don't think the visuals matter that much. It's, it's, it's all performance. Like, it's all, you know. It is. You know, them yeah. telling the story. And... I'd be curious, like Shudder, if you're listening to this, put out a scare me audiobook and let us let us see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> send us a link. You don't have to put it out. You know, and I'm going to ask for too much here, but send us a link to that shit. I've listened to it. Yeah, but he tells because <laughs> I think you're right. Um, he tells his story, the, the werewolf story, and it gets like, you know, you know, you could tell that he hasn't really thought of it. So he's like making it up as it goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, And. You know, it gets crazy, and you can, like, tell he's getting more and more into it as it goes along, too, so, like, his performance is getting more into it, and it's just, like, it's making it better. <laughs> right, yeah. That he's getting into it, and she's, like, responding to it, too, so, like, you could tell he's feeding off of her energy, too. So, like that's- Yeah, and she's, like, feeding him, you know, as he goes, she'll be like, give me more details, give me more details. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great, that's <laughs> great, you know, like, she's giving him feedback as he's going, you know? Yeah, and th- like that, like the performance aspect of this movie is great, and like definitely sells the movie. But uh, so he finishes his story, and then he's like, "Well, you got to tell me one now." So she tells him a story, 
and it's the same thing you know like he's i thought this was funny because at first she says no no i'm good (laughs) yeah (laughs) no and he's like what do you mean you're good you just made me do all that shit like of course you're not good you're gonna tell me a story (laughs) and so then she does it but i just thought that was really funny (laughs) and her story's really kind of out there and messed up a little bit because she tells a story about this little girl who's like going to kill her grandpa and kills the dog instead (laughs) yeah she's scared of the grandpa so she like puts the poison in his food and he falls over and spills it and the dog licks it up and dies right yeah so like her story (laughs) is like it's it's funny to see the both and like obviously like the pair of them are like play on like the simple the simple guy and like the more out there weird original right the two different like kind of writers like main archetypes yeah of like writers yeah yeah she's like criticizing his story but like he can't really criticize her story because it's unique you know a little bit (laughs) yeah it's like super meta the story is it's like yeah and he's like as it's as much a story on its own as it is like a commentary on writers yeah and he's like you could tell he's envy like he's kind of mad that her story's better <laughs> yeah oh yeah he's jealous like that she's had all this success and that and then when she tells her story it's better you can tell the whole time he's like he's just like he it's bothering him <laughs> that she's like he wants to outdo her you know and it makes him get into the storytelling more i think because he wants to to tell a better story than her he wants to scare her because she keeps saying ah it was good but it didn't scare me i'm not scared of anything you know and he like wants to scare her yeah and so after that they they tell a story together and um yeah the troll story where the troll lives in the uh air vents of the edible arrangements yeah (laughs) place which is i think probably the coolest story of all of them but it doesn't this is my my one big critique is it, it doesn't add any characterization to him like the first two did you yeah know? yeah because you really get a feel for their characters in the first two stories and then that one is just kind of there to pad time it feels like a little bit yeah they should have pulled a wes anderson and done that as a short to promote this yeah <laughs> that would have been pretty cool because like i would love to see that story as a standalone short like it was really cool and like creative but it just i the movie i feel like is a little too long and it could basically be fixed by cutting this one part. Yeah. Yeah, but so they, they decide to order pizza, and the pizza guy comes, and uh, Fanny goes, do you want to hear a story, right? Is that what he, she says? Well, the yeah, the pizza guy gets there, and, he, and they pay him and everything, and he's, like, about to leave. He says, all right, thanks, I'll see you later. And yeah. she says, wait, 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 pizza boy, you look like the kind of fellow would enjoy a good scary story and he like raises his hand and he's like guilty and she's like well why don't you come in here and, and share some pizza and have some drinks with us and and listen to scary stories and tell us one or whatever and so <laughs> he comes over there and sits down and the first thing she says is who wants to do cocaine and the pizza guy raises his hand <laughs> yeah and fred just looks at him like uh no yeah <laughs> and he's like i don't do drugs and she's like, wait, you've they're like both like yelling in his face. You've never done cocaine. <laughs> and 
And so, like, obviously, then they all do cocaine. Yeah, and... that that part to me too was a little unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it felt more over the top than the rest of the movie. I think that yeah, it's like added for comedy, I guess, and just like it just yeah, I don't know because it, it, was... it made their acting so over the top for the next one. Yeah, but... so uh, the pizza delivery boy, his name is Carlo, and him and Fanny uh, end up reenacting her book that she wrote. Right? Yeah, Venus. Because he's never read it, because Fred's never read it. And so they're going to perform it for him. <laughs> yep. But, uh, I, I mean, I guess le- let's not go too much further, because really, that's almost the whole movie. Yeah, the pizza guy doesn't get there. Their first two stories take up probably the well, first 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, so the first three stories are probably, yeah, probably 45 minutes. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Then the pizza guy shows up. And there is a little subplot. You get a little peek into, um, into Fred's life a little, uh, they they take a break from telling stories and she goes outside to smoke some cbd and write in her journal and he uh that kind of happens between all the stories so like it's a, it's not a story then story 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 there's like story and then like they'll talk a little bit about you know their life yeah some and, dialogue to break yeah, it up to try to tie it all together i guess like the, the framing it because really it's kind of an anthology right because it's like five different stories tied together by yeah, it's unique in that it's an anthology that all happens in the same location on the same night in this, you know, with the same people. Yeah, like it's a, like most anthologies, like even Room One Hundred Four, where it happens in the same room, it's at different times, right? But this one is like an anthology via them telling the stories. Yeah, that also feeds into a meta story, an overarching, like you said, a framing story, kind of. Yeah. And all Josh Rubin, uh, he wrote this also by himself, right? Wrote and directed. Yes. I know he said he directed. That's what I was yeah, curious about too, because it's, it's so writing. it's so performative. Like he, the whole thing is scripted, right? Or was, yeah, I think so. I was gonna say because like it almost seems like it could have been improv too in the right in a, in different hands, you know, or like I wouldn't say like the right hands, but like. Yeah, a different, yeah, different, hands. A different filmmaker might have just improv this because it's just. If this was the Duplass brothers, it would have been half improv. Yeah, just like telling scary stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's just a different, and I think that's kind of cool too because this movie explores like different writing styles, different filmmaking styles, and the way they talk, you know, and stuff. So, I think that was kind of cool too. Like, and that's that's interesting that you brought that up that a different filmmaker would have probably done it different because I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, because it feels. Like, the stories themselves feel very tight, but I, I kind of wish they were a little looser, almost. Like Yeah. And I and I feel like the overarching story's a little too on the nose and a little uh, abruptly finished and tied together for... I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really like the ending all that much, but... Yeah, see, and I, I like the ending. I, I, I like the ending. I do think it could have been more drawn out, probably, like you said, but... It's just, but again, the movie's too long already i think so if they would have drawn it out more without cutting the troll story i think it would have been way too long so yeah it just it, it felt like they were like just looking for a way to end it you know and yeah but i i like the ending um but yeah like the performances are great uh especially aya cash and she actually she actually has like a musical number in this i was curious if she actually sang for that or not that scene yes i forgot to put that in my notes but there's a musical number scene that is maybe like one of my favorite in the movie it's definitely like it's my so favorite. badass yeah and it's it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> you know? yeah because like in the story she's like trying out for do they say the term american idol they say the term american idol and then when she's actually telling the story she says she's trying out for 
a show that is American Idol or a similar show that won't get us copyright. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Okay. I, was like, <laughs> I don't remember if they said uh, American Idol or not. But uh, yeah, and then it goes into the musical number. It's really cool. And yeah. there's also one other bit I had in my notes is they there's one. It's, it only lasts maybe 30 seconds to a minute. There's a small bit where they talk about uh, kind of intent versus reception. Where after they t- after they perform her book, she tells him what it's about, and he says, "I didn't see it," and I, I liked that. I felt like it was a comment on like two people can watch the same thing and get something different out of it, and then one person can be told the intent. You know, like I don't know, just people. It 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 conveys itself differently because me and you talk about intent and and like viewer perception a lot. And I think that's interesting that they touched on that. They don't really lean one way or the other. They're not biased in it, in it but it's brought up, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was cool. I wrote it down just because we talk about that all the time. So I thought it was pretty interesting. And I, it, it touches on a lot of kind of screenwriting and just writing in general. Uh, like aspects and common debates and stuff like that, which is pretty cool and pretty meta. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I really liked it. I... I had seen it before and I rewatched it for this. I actually rewatched it twice for the, for this episode because uh, I rewatched it once by myself and then I told Jess I rewatched it. And then she asked me today, well, did I want to watch it again? Because she kind of felt like watching it again because she saw it on Prime. And so we did. And I ended up raising my rating a bit because uh, I, I like you said, I really like the performances. And I think that it's super unique in the kind of story it tries to tell and and the way they they tell them you know yeah there's really not a lot like it at all yeah for sure yeah i think the sound design is great too like i love how they added in the sound effects like how you add the sound effects into this podcast (laughs) eat it right you know that you know to try to you know yeah add to the ambiance of it because like if they tell the stories without the sound effects it might have been a little drier but it, it, it gave it like an extra flair to it and like added. yeah it really brought some life to the stories yep and i think like you said i think in the hands of a different director this honestly could have been a mess yeah. <laughs> and i think he he pulled it off like he it, it works you know and despite the couple things that we you know mentioned i think it it works really well and i overall really liked it yeah and i'm i actually have it on my favorites from last year um he also has a new movie coming out called uh, Werewolves Within, and that looks really good too. That's that's funny. That's ironic that that his character in this movie is writing a story about werewolves. I wonder. I'd be curious to know. Josh Rubin uh, is Werewolves Within. What Scare Me was about when you were trying to write that movie? Did you have writer's block? That'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's also funny and scare me, like, he's trying to write a werewolf thing and she wrote a zombie thing. I don't know, you have this yeah. in your notes right here. Like, you showed me your notes and it, uh, I don't want to steal the thunder oh, yeah, for this yeah. idea, but, uh, she, you, you wrote, she makes fun of his trodden werewolf story, but she just wrote a zombie book, question mark, <laughs> which is kind of funny, because, <laughs> like, she acts better, because she's, like, an established writer, and he's, like, a nobody right but yeah she calls his werewolf story trodden you know but and like but there's but she wrote a zombie yeah. book and people loved it so that shows right there that like i don't know you could look at the scene two ways that like 
a trodden genre can be fresh if done right and done differently. Or you could take it as his shit is trodden and like you, you should be original and do different stuff. I took it though, the, the former as like, you know, every genre has merit still, but you just have to find a fresh way to do it. I also think you could look at it like she thinks she did it differently, right? Like she thinks she did this unique thing, but really it's not that unique. Cause like nothing is really unique cause everything's been done yeah so like she yeah that's another way you could could see she's like that's cool that yeah she she's like oh i'm a bestseller you know so like i know what i'm doing and you know this is unique but is it really unique (laughs) because like right you know everything's been done (laughs) yeah that's cool that there's kind of three what ways you could see that scene and i think that like kind of speaks to what the movie's trying to say too about like we just talked about the reception versus intent thing like that is a good example right there of he had an intent for that scene, probably, but we just found three ways you could have taken, you know, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, that's all I can really say about uh, Garmy. It is on uh, Shudder once again. Yeah, it's on Shudder slash AMC Plus. Uh, yeah, sometimes we get bad and... about uh, saying what, because, like, we, we try our best to pick stuff that's on streaming services, but so it's, like, accessible. Right. And then, like, sometimes we forget yeah. to, like, hammer home where you can watch it. So, after <laughs> yeah, we talk exactly. about it. But yeah, if you go out and you get a pizza delivery job, be fucking careful, you know, because somebody may kill you or try to sacrifice you to Satan or give you cocaine and tell you scary stories. Yeah.